This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. This is Rewind, and we look at Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet Season 1, with the cast I taped in New York City in a roundtable setting. Game on in a moment. The world of game development gets its turn from the creative team of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Let's uh, look at the synopsis of this series. The team behind the biggest multiplayer video game of all time is tasked with building worlds, molding heroes, and creating legends. But the most hard-fought battles don't occur in the game. No, sir. They happen in the office. The production team teamed up with Ubisoft, a company I know well. I've been playing Assassin's Creed over the last few years. Let's go to the roundtables and the cast and that creative team. And we start off with F. Murray Abraham, the Academy Award-winning actor for Amadeus. Among his many roles was also Rualfo in Star Trek Insurrection. He plays C.W. Longbottom. Ashley Birch is Rachel, a game tester for Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. She is an Emmy Award-winning writer, actor, and advocate. She's done voiceovers for games like Borderland and Horizon Zero Dawn. So tell us a, a little bit about who you play. I, I mean, Murray, your, your, your dialogue, especially when the guy takes off his clothes, your line was perfect, and, and the timing was perfect. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. How can you not like playing this character? I'm a flamboyant actor to begin with, and uh, my favorite characters on stage have always been that kind of... I loved Cyrano. I loved playing Cyrano. I loved playing Bottom. I loved playing... The Scottish character, too. Uh, one of, I love opera. One of the reasons is the gesture. I think that the theater is suffering because it's too, it's too uh, a kitchen sink stuff. I think it's more designed for um, a stage as a stepping stone to the movies and to television. There's nothing wrong with that. But the essence of the theater... The size of the theater is missing, and I think it's necessary. Circuses are more fun. Uh, opera, because of that size. And uh, I live for it. But uh, if you were to try to capture what it means to go to a Greek drama, some, some great tragedy, pick one, Oedipus, they really only lasted, if you do them the way they were supposed to be done, written, it's only about an hour long. And at the end, you've come, you've come out of this with a cathartic experience. But that can only be accomplished by the, the screaming and the strum and drong and the sighs. And I think this character still is attached to that world. He's funny because he's absolutely sincere about it. And I am sincere too. But also, he just has a good time. I think it's important that he, he, he relishes this life. I think it's one of the things that keeps him alive and keeps him functioning. Also, what it does is keeps him youngish. I feel the same way about myself. I believe that the only way to, to stay young, at least in your mind and your heart, is to work with younger people and to continue to work. And some of us are not lucky enough to continue to work, to get to work. I believe you can find the work whether you are a famous actor or you're still struggling as an older man in, in this business, 
There are so many theaters in New York. You will find a place to work if you put yourself out there and even if it means reading plays. What I'm suggesting is, long-winded, is that in this production, in this series, you have four generations of actors. I don't think there's another show that, that can, can claim that. And it's not just an old guy who happens to be peripheral. He really has something to say, and it's important to him, and it becomes important to the show. But more importantly, or as important, he has something to learn. And he's not beyond learning. That's an interesting aspect of this character. And that's where Ashley steps in. Because she takes it on herself, without being snotty and nasty to me, <laughs> to teach me how to do this. And in return, I try to teach her what it feels like to to work the classics into our work. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> uh, talk about my character? Yeah, yeah. Great. Rachel. Yeah. Um, so I play Rachel, who uh, she works in quality assurance. So basically what that means is that she plays the game over and over and over again to try to break it so that uh, the game developers can fix it before it goes into the hands of players. Um, Rachel is probably the lowest on the totem pole in terms of uh, power in the company, but she has delusions of grandeur, so she's constantly trying to insert herself in places that she doesn't belong. Um, but the I think the main thing about uh, Rachel is that her storyline um, is the only love story in the show. So she's in love with her co-tester, Dana, and that's where a lot of uh, their, their story arc uh, plays out. So you actually wrote an episode, Permadeath, Yes. So, yes. What was uh, what was that like? Did you have to like go into the writers' room too and uh, and do that? And for for Murray, could you change some of the dialogue when you were filming the episode because the writer is on is, is on the set with you? <laughs> Uh, so I was in the writer's room for the... I was a writer first on the show before I, I started acting for the show, actually. So the way the room generally works is that um, the first couple of weeks we do what we call a blue sky break, which is just sort of what's the arc, the general arc of the season? And what do we want? Uh, what are the tent poles in each episode? And then we get down to the nitty gritty and we start breaking story by story what's going on. So we, as a room, all broke that episode. And then um, Aparna and I went and uh, I think we did an outline for it and then we wrote the script. And then you, um, I think we did a revision, then you pass it on to the EPs and they do a pass and then it gets filmed. And then the fun thing about this show in particular is that people absolutely can throw out lines, uh, change dialogue a bit, try a joke. And what's funniest wins always. So it doesn't really matter where it comes from. If someone has a great pitch, and we try it and it works, it's in, which is great. Because then you really feel like you can riff on set and try things and yeah. if it doesn't work, that's okay, just keep moving. But sometimes you strike something that works and then everyone else, it can start a tear where everyone's just riffing and it's really fun. As I mentioned, there is a strong connection to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. With some of the creative team like David Hornsby, who is the executive producer and plays David, Charlotte Nigdow is Poppy. The down-under actress was in Thor Ragnarok and on stage in Bliss and the award-winning Top of the Lake on television. What's, uh, what's funny is 
David, it seems, uh, he, he's kind of focused on a few things, but then somebody says something and he'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a dick. Or, you know, he'll you'll <laughs> mm-hmm. agree with it. But it, it sort of kind of rolls over him at first. And, and Poppy sounds like she's the person that kind of says the emperor has no clothes during the course of the series. Mm-hmm. Talk about both your characters' dynamic and, and, the, and how it, kind of how it all fits in the world. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think initially, you know, Poppy was our is our eyes into the show. Really, I mean, you're you're sort of seeing the show through her her eyes, and I think for us uh, writing it, we wanted to make sure that she was uh, maybe that person, like you're saying, that the emperor has no clothes, but not just the most rational person of the group. You know, she we wanted her to be just as fallible um, as as Ian, and so yeah, know. I think we were being very cautious not to paint her as the woman that comes into the room and tells everyone to stop having fun. <laughs> so I think uh, it, it was it was fun to get to play a character that is very clever and doesn't really care what people think of her, but at the same time is just as ridiculous and goofy as the other people in the room. Sometimes it's her that is the emperor with no clothes. Yeah, my character is the producer who, um, you know, it's it's funny how it mirrors the entertainment industry in our own. You know, you're putting out a show, you're putting out a game, everyone reacts to the game or the show. I mean, it, it really, it's uh, it was mirroring our lives in different ways during the creative process of writing it, et cetera. Um, but my, my character's job is to bring in things on time and on budget as, as was one of sort of my sayings, but I also see myself as um, I support creative. So I, my character has to navigate the egos of, of Ian and Poppy while also trying to uh, bring in the, the whole ship on time and on budget. So uh, I think that's a conflict with my character as well as the fact that he wants to be everyone's best friend, and <laughs> which makes sometimes for not the best uh, management. As far as you know, the, integrating the game into the show was... I guess some of that animation was was that done beforehand or afterwards, and a lot of times are you both reacting to something that isn't there? Much like people working in a scene with me, they're reacting to something that isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Um, no, I give too much. Actually, I should probably tell that. That's <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, no, we, we so we work with Ubisoft, as you know, and and they have what they call sandbox, and so they're building, um, you know, much like you know working with Pixar or something, they're building um, the the different elements so we can, um, and they keep building upon that. So we have uh, the base characters and and sets to play with in their world, but there's a lot that's built and um, by them, um, which you know. Uh, we have to have some foresight because they need to know as soon as possible. I mean, these games take years to make, five years to make. So they have to create assets that look good in a short amount of time and are close to what we're thinking because there's there's a small window. So that, so they've been good with that, and there's been a lot of content that they've created. But a lot of times on set, it's not ready, and we're yeah we're staring at green screen computers. But there are elements of the game that they made to be playable. So yes. there were little sections that were animated so that you could pick up a controller and move your character around. And like the testers yeah, are playing are on the game. Playing, yeah. Yeah. There's more Rewind on Sci-Fi Talk in a moment. Let's rewind to Season 1 of Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. Rob McElhaney is the co-creator and stars as Ian. He is part of that It's Always Sunday in Philadelphia connection, creating that hit series, now starting season 14. Megan Gantz is the series co-creator and has written for It's Always Sunny in Philly, plus Community and The Last Man on Earth. 
What, how did this idea come to you guys? I mean, you're both the co-creators, so was this when you were working on It's Always Sunny or, or afterwards? Well, it was, uh, it was actually brought to us by uh, Ubisoft, which is oh, one of the was. biggest gaming companies yeah. in the world. And uh, they, they approached us because they were fans of Sunny. And uh, they say, hey, we want to do it. We love Sunny. We want to do a show set in the video game world. And we were like, uh, great, good luck with that. No, thank you. <laughs> um, we just didn't. We just didn't have really any interest until um, they said, well, why don't you just come up to the studio in Montreal and come check it out? And I thought, I'd never been to Montreal before. It's a free trip to Montreal. This will be fun. And uh, that would be it. And I went up there and I mean, within 10, 15 minutes of touring the studio, I knew we had something interesting. And, and that's when I called Charlie and then we called Megan and then we sat down and, and, and started framing up the show. Yeah, Rob basically walked into my office when we were shooting Sunny, and he was like, Charlie and I, we have this new show. And I was like, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to tell me any more about it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just really loved working. I've been on Sunny for a few seasons now, and I really love working with the, them and, and David Hornsby as well. And so the idea to get to do that again in another space, I was like, sign me up. We can do this for both half of the years instead of, <laughs> instead of just half. Was there a moment when you realized hey, this is going to work. <laughs> when uh, it could have been pre-production, it could have been even in the script phase, or when the actors did the read-through. Was there that moment that said, we got something here? When Rob was like, I have a new show idea. Uh, like, <laughs> She's paid to say that. So <laughs> uh, I know I have, I have a moment when I, I believe I was watching something and realizing, oh my God, we actually have something here. Um, and it might be different for you, yeah, I'm not sure. There's a scene in the first episode where all of us are together and Carol has called a meeting and because someone is being harassed. And David says, oh my God, someone's being harassed too. And she says, me, as the head of HR, I am being harassed. You guys are not, you don't understand what I do. And then the rest of the scene is just her losing the reins and us all fighting amongst one another. And every single person is funny in the scene. Everybody has a distinct point of view. Every single character has a different want and a different need, and yet everybody scores. And if you watch that scene, I can watch that scene all day long, and we have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still laugh because I'm picking up on things that some of the actors are doing. And I realize, wow, first of all, this cast is incredible, um, but that they're all holding their own in a scene with other people who, I've been doing this a long time, David's been doing this a long time, and you have these, and Murray's been doing it forever, and he's an Oscar winner, and yet these young actors are coming in. They're not only holding their own, they're just as funny, if not funnier, than we are. And I realized at that point that we had some sort of coalescence of cast, and that chemistry, which you cannot, that's just lightning in a bottle. You're just hoping to get lucky. I feel like we had it on that day, and I was like, we have a show. Because even if this episode fails, I know if we can work to capture what that happened in that room on that day, then that's a TV show. Yeah, I would say mine is, I guess I was most worried about the about Poppy, just as a character, I just wanted to make sure that she got to be as funny as, as all of the guys. Um, you know, there's this trap that sometimes female sitcom characters fall into of shaking their finger and telling the guys not to have as much fun as they're having. And I wanted to make sure that she wasn't. So for me, it was, there's a moment in the um, third episode where uh, Poppy is streaming to talk about her new feature dinner party. And she's streaming live and she's yelling at all the uh, Nazis that are in the game. And Charlotte was so funny. I mean, we were sitting all, and we also got to, you know, all be there watching her do that because it was like at the end of the day. And 
I was like, oh, she's so silly and funny and lovable. And like you, you're laughing at her, but also with her. And I was like, oh, this is, I think that this is going to work. Cause I, cause I knew Rob and David, I know their chemistry. I knew that that was always going to work, but I, but I was like, she has to rise up to that level, feel like, uh, she's in those scenes with them really. And so that was my moment. Yeah. Danny Pudi is Brad, and the actor appeared in Powerless, and I was at that roundtable in San Diego and Community. Imani Hakim is the aforementioned Dana, who is also a game tester like Rachel. From being a child actor on Everybody Hates Chris, this actor has moved on to roles in ER, CSI, and the Wizards of Waverly Place. Jesse Innes is Joe. You may have seen her in Life of the Party with Melissa McCarthy, Pleasant Family, Better Call Saul, and Veep. There's a, a certain rhythm to the show, like, for example, Joe's scene with the, they're testing how to, you know, uh, crush a head. <laughs> and she goes, I can get a real head. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so kind of speak about, you know, kind of like the rhythm and the timing that you need for something like this, really for all of you. Something I really love about the show is that each character has their own rhythm and their own point of view. So, you know, I've seen shows where each character kind of has the same sense of humor. Everyone kind of talks in unison. And something that's really, really thrilling for me is to be a part of this show where no two people are alike. And so we each bring our own rhythm to it, which means when we get paired up in different um, pairings, the dynamics get to really soar and everything's different in each scene. There's always like a fresh breath of, of a new rhythm. Yeah, I, I feel like Mythic Quest, it covers so many different tones as far as like, yes, we hit the comedy on the head, but we also have the heart and the groundedness, which is sort of what Dana and Rachel's storyline represents. So it's it's funny, but it's also, it can have those sappy moments and there's those heartfelt moments, which I think is very, very lovely. Yeah, it gets to be wild while staying grounded the mm -hmm. whole time. Yeah, there's a scene with... Um, Imani and Ashley. Um, I don't. Is that? I don't know if it's the pilot or the second episode, mm. where it's a lovely montage scene. Okay, uh, second, episode. second episode. Second <laughs> episode. Okay. And then it cuts from that scene to David in an elevator. I don't know if I'm allowed <laughs> to say any of this. You, you guys can figure that out if that has to be omitted. But those two scenes, uh, to me, are such a clash of tone yeah. and style. But I was laughing so hard when I saw them put together. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the joy of the show too. There's, there's the, there is this sort of like shift. There's the, sh the shifts in rhythm, um, quite a bit within the show. But I think that it works because it's all character based. Mm -hmm. It's all the different characters and how they kind of flow through this world. Ultimately, there's a, a goal we all have at the end. But um, it's really about these characters and and how they kind of work together. Look for Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet on Apple TV, and that starts February seventh. You'll hear more with the cast on future episodes of my series, Bite. This looks like a lot of fun. It's a fun group of actors put together, and it's a really well-thought-out show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and attract a lot of people to Apple+. Till next time, this is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.